So we're doing the forum on uh, boredom this week. We got kind of our work cut out for us. Um, but we have a rigorous schedule that we'd like to keep to, and since everyone's kind of been behind schedule today, we're going to try to uh, fly through this. So I have a, f- um, a form outline here that we're just going to whip through. Ben was running out to grab a video somewhere um, or something that he wanted to do, so I'm just going to start. So uh, to kick off this form, let's just start working through the outline here. So first off, we're going to be uh, doing a, an introduction on the, uh, on the history of boredom. Next, we're going to be doing a definition according to Webster's. Oh, uh, one sec. I'm like in your light here. According to uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary, and then uh, we're going to do history of boredom predating 400 BC. Follow that, we're going to cover some stuff on uh, Neanderthal trench digging. It's really interesting stuff. Um, we're also going to do uh, a little brief history on the caveman Olympics. Um, then uh, also we're going to do a history of boredom. Um, just predating the post-Roman era. So again, a lot of history stuff just to kind of give us some context. Uh, ancient Roman board games, we're going to cover some of them, and we'd just like to, uh, to teach you guys a little bit about some of the cool board games they used to play back in the day. And then we're going to uh, cover for all you guys out there um, this article on the Zhao Dynasty becoming a man, you know, ancient Chinese culture and how it kind of relates to uh, boredom. Uh, in the postmodern era, we're going to cover some stuff in here to uh, this is Ben's specialty. Uh, overview of modern entertainment, including chess and other fun tabletop games. Um, and then uh, we're going to have a short monologue from uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth. So this is, this is a really uh, engaging forum that we're going for here. Uh, finally, the whole point of this forum, we're going to talk about the devil in today's entertainment and uh, why Facebook is evil. Um, this is very crucial. And also uh, about TVs and destroying the beast within your home. We'd like to kind of cover uh, a brief uh, article on that and how you guys should all take baseball bats to your TVs when you get home. And, uh, you know, just to uh, make sure that your parents are all getting their money's worth this year, after the conclusion, we're going to do a, a pop quiz with uh, 20 multiple choice, 10 true or false, and 5 short answers. And uh, the person who has the highest score on that will get a signed copy of Vic Schlatter's book. Um, so... It's really interesting, and you get to blow the shofar. So, uh, you know, let's just, let's just keep focused here. Sorry I'm late, dude. Listen, I was, just, <laughs> I was just on YouTube. I found the funniest video clips in the world. This is going to be the but best. But, I mean, we got a lot to cover here, obviously. Dude, you got to see these. Seriously. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, ben doesn't understand. We have a lot to cover. You know, we got a lot of material. Okay. Okay, uh, let's let's make this. <laughs> These videos are in no way reflective of our personal views, but I mean, they're just for comic relief. Um. Okay, well, one sec. Let's just, we just got to, dude, we can't be showing all these videos though, throughout the, I mean, we got to make sure these guys are getting, you know, the, the history of boredom down. We want to make sure they're learning about, you know, Macbeth and cool stuff. Neanderthal trench digging, man. Dude, Who doesn't want to learn funny, about that? though, seriously, like. <laughs> okay, how about we, uh, how about we do, you know, kind of the happy medium between Ben and I. How about we cover a little bit of history, a little bit of fact, and we also put some fun videos and uh, get some laughs into. How does that sound, guys? Cool? All right, let's do it up. Okay, welcome to I'm Bored. I'm Brad Krasitsky. This is Ben Weinhart. We are covering the forum on boredom this year at camp. And um, pretty much this whole forum is just going to be about uh, the activities and the, and the things that uh, you as teenagers involve yourself in. Um, we tried to really, you know, take a look into the mind of a teenager. I was only there, you know, a year ago, so <laughs> I'm pretty fresh though, guys. But, uh, but we, you know, we really, uh, really tried to just see, you know, what kind of um, activities we're, we're involved in, and, and, and are they uh, fulfilling, are they engaging, are they exciting, or, or are they just simply, you knocked out your VGA, uh, or are they just simply, um, you know, boring, and, and we don't even realize it. 
So, uh, so we're just going to kick it off here, and I'm going to hand it off to Ben now to, uh, to give you guys some cool statistics. Sorry, guys, this is going to be a little bit awkward because we only have one mic. Okay. Um, I guess today's forum, uh, we really want to talk about you guys because I think everyone here in this room has something common in that you guys are all teenagers, and uh, most or um, I think all of you are uh, here from North America. So, you know, we're, we're all in the same culture, we're all exposed to the same teenage culture. And, um, Teenagers are probably faced with more pressure and uh, have more coming at them than they ever have before in history. There's so much out there for you guys as far as like entertainment goes, as far as uh, just like media and um, just ways to keep you guys occupied. Like when you, when you look at history and the way things have been, like there's more available to you than there ever has been before. And um, <clears throat> interesting statistic, I was cruising around online and uh, the, uh, I found a statistic that said that the teen industry, uh, that basically that teenagers are consuming more than they ever have before and that the teen market is expected to surpass uh, a two, and to become a $200 billion industry by next year. So this is huge. Uh, just to put that in perspective, our like, national budget in Canada, uh, well, it was when I was in high school, was about $200 billion. So, <clears throat> so teens in the United States are consuming almost as much as like the, all of like government spending in like the country of Canada. So that's huge. <laughs> um, so basically like the, the main point here is that you guys, like there's so much out there for you, but despite all that, it seems like, you know, we're still fine, like we all struggle with boredom. Like how many of you guys here have been bored at one time? Okay, everybody. Like we, we all struggle with this. So let's, let's deal with it. Okay, so, uh, so I guess we'd like to kind of slide into this, um, into this analyzing of who you guys are. We'd like to define, you know, who teenagers are and what you guys like to do. So um, can I just get, you know, people like shouting out maybe in somewhat of an organized fashion of uh, some of the things that you guys would do. Let's say, like, you come home from school. What's, what's the first thing you guys do? Eat, sleep. Anything else? Those are both kind of fundamental to life, so it's good you guys are doing that, drinking water, you know. <laughs> what else do you guys got? Eating and sleeping? Checking email. Okay, internet. Ben's just jotting these down. Okay, hold on. Bike riding, Facebook. What was the one, Shane? Work. All right, we got a worker here. Nice. <laughs> music. Okay, listening to music. So anything else? Um, sports, video games. Okay. So we got, you know... Two other activities. Um, anything else? Or is, pardon? Friends. Okay, hanging out. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, so we have, we have a wide variety of, uh, of activities, you know, anything from sports or hanging out with buddies to, uh, to listening to music to jumping on the computer, doing social networking, Facebook, MSN, um, emailing. We also have a lot of people, you know, playing video games, watching movies. Um, it's pretty interesting because you as teenagers have... Uh, like an amazing um, opportunity and, and, and pretty crazy access to this uh, this thing that's called social media and the and actually um, you know just using the internet and um, here's just like kind of a graph that shows the way, all the ways that you guys network um, just through social media so you got like discussions through like MSN, Bebo, Yahoo, stuff like that. Um, you know you have blogging, you have uh, social games, we have like publishing, like we have Facebook so different ways to social network. So all of these things are ways that we kind of relate to each other, and these are uh, things that we use as teenagers. And, um, you know, it's pretty amazing, and we'd like to show a little video clip here, uh, just kind of showing the, um, I guess, the change in times and how, uh, how social networking has become a huge part of the world we live in today.
So some pretty uh, shocking statistics there. Huh? I mean, if Facebook was a country, it would be right up there with India and China. That's how many people are on Facebook. Um, they added over uh, 2 million users in the first year. It took the radio 50 years to get there. It took TV 13 years. And it took Facebook under a year to get that access to that many people. Um, honestly, social networking is definitely at its, uh, at its peak. And as teenagers, this is all at your grasp. This is all within your, your uh, reach. And we'd like to just, you know, kind of show you guys and, and bring it into perspective. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people take it for granted. Like, we, uh, we go home and we'll, ju- we'll jump on our Facebook. We'll update our profile. Um, how many people have, have actually made their profile status, I'm bored? If you think about it. I don't know. Like, I, I see it sometimes. You jump online and you see I'm bored. Um, so, obviously, social networking is, is, a, is a big part of our life. And it, and it also ties into... Um, into what we do and, and what kind of activities we participate in in our spare time. Okay. Um, some of you might remember last year at camp, uh, I, was, I did a forum with Joe Greninger, uh, and the title of the forum was Do Hard Things. And in that forum, we talked a little bit about uh, expectations of teenagers, like who are teenagers today? Because, you know, we discussed this at the beginning. We talked about things that you do. But um, it seems like in our culture today, there's a, um, the expectations of teenagers is changing. Uh, and it's changed a lot in the last 20, 30, 40 years compared to what it was. And um, basically, <laughs> the uh, conclusion that I came to as I'm, I'm reading through this material uh, I'm realizing more and more that it seems like uh, the expectations of teenagers are basically uh, nothing. Like, there's, there's almost no expectation. And it's, 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 it's almost gotten to that point where, you know, if you're a teenager, um, society kind of thinks like, okay, you know, they're a teenager. We don't really expect much of them. You know, teenagers had the reputation of being lazy. They had the reputation of, you know, being rebellious, being immature, um, and culture kind of just says, okay, that's fine because that's what teenagers are. Um, and I'd like to read uh, just a short uh, section of this book here, Do Hard Things. I think I may have read this last year, but I want to read it again because I thought it was really good. Um, I'll start it off here. It says, recently we decided to Google the words teens and expectations to see what came up. The results were far more entertaining than we would have imagined. Most web browsers have a built-in Google search box, and as you type in search terms, it gives you suggested searches based on the term that are used most often. Here are some of the suggestions it gave us as we tried to Google the terms teens and expectations. Teens in drugs, teens in alcohol, teens in smoking, teens in drinking, teens in marijuana, teens in cell phones. Even Google has low expectations for teens. Anyways, we did our search. <laughs> like it seems like in our culture, the expectations of teenagers has dropped so so much um, to the point where there basically is no expectations at all. Um, it seems like uh, in our culture, there's um, there's another theme that comes out with teenagers, and uh, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a sad theme because I think um, because of this, uh, it will affect the rest of teenagers' lives. Um, It seems like culture is basically saying that teenagers uh, are selfish because out there, there's so many, you know, we we talked about the statistic at the beginning that said that the teen market is a $200 billion industry. That's huge. And there's people out there, there's businesses out there that are marketing to you guys. And they're creating this image of who they want you to be because they want you to buy their products. And you know how quickly, like, fashion changes. Like, it's always changing like that. And, you know, like, there's new, like, fads that come out and things that people, you know, get attached to and, and that they enjoy. And this is all being fed to us by basically uh, businesses and, um, you know, companies that are trying to market to us and trying to capitalize on the fact that you guys are teenagers. And it's creating this whole idea that, you know what, you guys, uh, when you're a teenager, you're out for yourself. You're, you know, you're young you know, you're, everything's good, and, you know, you're just there to serve yourself. And uh, it's just a very selfish attitude, and these companies are totally capitalizing on this. And um, I think it's really not a good, um, <laughs> not a good thing at all. And um, I think God really has something uh, better in plan for us. He doesn't want us to be lazy. He doesn't want us to, 
um, be rebellious or immature or any of these things. He, he, wants, he has so much more for us. And um, we, we don't need to just conform to this uh, expectation of what a teenager is and what culture says that you guys are supposed to be. Because you know what? If the bar is down here, you think, okay, as long as I'm at the bar of what society says is normal and says is okay, then you know, that's fine. And it's really not. Uh, and what we would like to do is call you guys to a higher standard, see what, see what God really says and what God really wants for you as a young person. Thanks, Ben. Um, so we'd like to move on here and, and see what is God's standard for us and what is his, his wish for us. Hit the next slide. Um, Jesus Christ said this, I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Guys, um, God expects us, or God planned for us to have a great life. God planned for us to do great things. God planned for us to be a light in this world. And um, what society is trying to do is trying to really um, lend to the consumer end of your, of your uh, I guess, desires or whatever and, and try to get you to buy into this idea that you guys are not capable of anything. Um, think about that for a second. Like some businessmen are all sitting in a room somewhere saying, hey guys, let's, uh, let's sell these guys... Um, you know, a couple of these products, and they'll get so consumed with it, they can't make a difference in this world. They can't do anything. They're just teenagers anyways. Who cares? Like, seriously, like, like what, what 16-year-old out there can do anything? And that's, like, such a lie because we all know that, um, and we're going to talk about it later. Throughout the Bible, there were, there were, you know, kids that were, like, 12 making huge differences, turning the world upside down. They were definitely, definitely capable. So... You know, those guys that are sitting in that room need to realize that a 16-year-old is very capable. A 17-year-old is totally capable. And Jesus Christ and God both had a plan that, you know, through him coming and dying, that we could have life more abundantly. And by applying the principles that um, he's given us and just using our brains, (laughs) that we could actually make a difference in this world. Okay. now, some of you might uh, say, well, okay, we, 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 we talked at the beginning about how much stuff there is out there. There's, obviously, there's people that, that are marketing to us. There's so much out there for teenagers. You've got, you know, social media. You've got, um, like, just, uh, like, everything. Like, the Internet is huge. It's opened up, like, to so much opportunity for you to just spend hours and hours of time. Like, have you ever been on Facebook? Like, you could, you could literally be on there for, like, 20 hours and just like keep watching like it's just so easy there's so much there but um, somehow we're still bored and somehow uh, even though we're filling our time with things we're really not um, we're not actually um, (laughs) really doing anything that's useful Um, so I'd like to uh, even though even though the beginning outline was a joke, I would actually like to talk a little bit about the uh, definition of what boredom is and and from this definition, try to understand okay what are we doing with our time and and like are the activities that we 're involved with actually boring or are they really real so uh, Webster defines uh, boredom as the state of being weary and restless through lack of interest. Um, <laughs> I went on the internet and I looked up a few synonyms of boredom. So synonym is a word that is a comparison or very similar definition. And, uh, if, I found that if something's boring, it's considered dead, it's considered unfulfilling, mindless, unsatisfying. Now, think about your own life right now and think if there's anything in your life that in activities that you do, ways that you spend your time with, you know, we listed them at the beginning, uh, are any of those things dead? Are any of those things unfulfilling? Are any of them mindless? How about unsatisfying? You know, I think Satan has conditioned our culture so much to the point that we don't even realize that a lot of the things that we're filling our time with and that, you know, the activities that we take, you know, place in every day that we do every day are actually boring. Like, according to the definition, like, think about it. Like, you know, let's say, you know, you you go home and you play, like, Halo for six hours. Like, is that... Is that mindless or is that, like, according to the definition, that's considered boring? You know, if you're just watching TV or, you know, you're just wasting your time on the Internet, on YouTube, whatever, whatever you're doing, like, are those things dead? Are they, are they fulfilling? Are they unfulfilling? Are they mindless? Are they satisfying? Are they unsatisfying? You know, like, accord, I, think, I think a lot of us, the, the problem is with a lot of us is that we don't even really realize that 
we're missing out on so much more. You know, we think, okay, well, this is what teenagers does. Like, it, it all gets back to that expectation of what teenagers are. You know, when you think of a teenager, like, what, what are all your friends doing? Okay, well, you all go home and you go on MSN or you go on Facebook or, you know, you do this and that. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But I guess what Brad and I are trying to say is that, you know, there's so much more out there. And I think because of the way that Satan has just conditioned our culture to say that this is the normal thing, that, you know, we don't even realize what we're missing out on. Um, and, you know, it, you might say, well, you know, these things are fun. Like, I like to play video games, or I like to do this and that. But, you know, are they really, like, fulfilling? Are they really satisfying? Are they really lasting? Or are they just dead? Are they empty? Uh, we'd like to kind of go into, um, actually, three questions here. And uh, we know it, it, this forum started at, like, 940, so, and it's a Friday, so you guys are probably, like, half asleep right now. <laughs> we're realists here. But um, if you guys take anything from this forum, we're going to say, just take these three questions and really ask yourself, um, you know, uh, ask yourself these questions and be honest with yourself. So I'm going to press the button for me. So the first question is, um, how will the life I'm living right now affect my life down the road in 10 years and 20 years? Um, what we do as teenagers, what activities we participate in, will condition us, will give us life skills for the rest of life, <laughs> uh, in essence. So, so what you're doing right now matters. And that's, that's why these low expectations are, uh, are so critical. Because um, if you have low expectations for your life now, then um, what kind of expectations are you going to have for your life 10 years from now? You know, you're used to just kind of coasting by. And things um, that, we're, that we're participating in right now are either um, giving us life skills, so like communication skills, you know, playing on a sports team, like uh, learning to deal with conflict and learning to deal with like arguing with people and how to like diffuse that and how to apologize and all those things. Those are all, all life skills that you have to learn through um, getting out there and doing things. You're not going to learn that by sitting on your computer. And um, a, big, a big thing that uh, we kind of wanted to stress was just kind of, I know it's hard to think about that when you're like 17 years old, but like think about when you're 25 and you're going for your first job and, and you barely talk to anyone your whole life. Um, you know, you played video games and you were homeschooled. Like how are you going to like relate to people? <laughs> like you're going to go into like the workforce and you're going to be like, I don't even know how to have a conversation. Like seriously, like I'm just going to like eat my lunch in my cubicle and like hide from the world. And like that's not what God wants for you. So like try to have like a long-term kind of perspective. Just uh, something to add to that. I remember uh, when I was in high school, uh, like grade 9, grade 10, you, you have your, like, friends. And I remember talking with them. And, you know, you always have friends that, like, they kind of, like, goof off and they don't really do their work. And I remember talking to them and saying, okay, well, like, you're doing this now. Like, don't you want to, you know, get into university or don't you want to get into college or whatever? And they're like, oh, yeah, I do. But you know what, like, it doesn't matter. Like, grade 9 and grade 10, it, it doesn't count. Like, grade 12 is the only one that actually counts. And um, I remember just thinking about that and saying, well, hold on. Like, if you're developing bad study habits, if you're developing, like, you know, laziness and just, like, goofing off and not doing your work when you're younger, in, like, grade 9, grade 10, 11, even though it doesn't count, you know, like, when, when the time comes that you actually do need to perform, you won't be able to. And I remember specifically in high school, I had friends in, in the lower grades who said, okay, you know, when, when grade 12 comes around, when it actually counts, that's when I'm going to start, you know, really doing my work and clamping down. And I remember in grade 12, they couldn't do it. Like, they, they just, they didn't know how. And it's kind of sad because then they missed out. And I, I think it's the same thing with us, too. Like, our teenage years, we are so, like, as young people, that's when we're developing who we are. And what we are when we are young and when we're growing up and the patterns that we set in our life that will, like, completely dictate, you know, the rest of our life, how we'll live. And if we're not, you know, starting off with a good foundation, um, then it, it's, your life will just continue in that same pattern of, you know, low expectation that you've lived in throughout your whole time growing up as a teenager. Okay. Uh, I'd like to go into the next question. Uh, it says, uh, will there ever be a point in my life when I will regret the things that I'm filling my time with? Um, I know this is hard because, you know, you guys are young and you're, you're just, it's, it's, I remember when I was young, like, it's just hard to think into the future, but 
I'd ask you guys to like, sincerely ask yourself this question. You know, will there ever be a point when I will regret the things that I'm filling my time with now? When I'm old, when I'm 30, when I'm 40, will I look back? <laughs> that is old. Compared to, come on. <laughs> no, you know what I'm okay. <laughs> if you're over 20, you're old. Come on. I'm over 20. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like, look back at your life, and I don't want you guys to have any regrets. And I know right now, as I'm looking back, you know, I am getting older. I'm in my 20s now. And I look back, and I, and I see things that I've done, and things that I've, not just things that I have done, but things that I have not done, and I have regrets. And I don't want you guys to be in that same position, that you are going to have regrets when you're looking back. You know, time doesn't stop. You know, today, you might be 16, 17. You know, next year, you're going to be 18. And you know what? You're never going to be 17 again. Time keeps going. And I just want to encourage you guys that you wouldn't, you know, just remember the fact that, you know, time does keep going and that you're only young once. And the opportunities that you have now are gone. And it's interesting for me, even now, as, you know, I'm engaged and I'm going to be getting married soon, I think back on my time. Okay, you know, I'm coming to the end of my time as a single person. How have I used the opportunities that I've had as a single person? I'm moving into a new phase of life now. And everything's changing. And, you know, I'm not single anymore. That's, it's gone. Like, and I can never get that back. And I'm, I'm now, only now, I'm starting to analyze and say, okay, how have I used my time? Like, what people have I interacted with and reached out to? And, you know, how effective was I actually? So just think about that. Um, the next question here, but actually, before I pull up the next question, I want to ask you a question. How many, actually, how many are in this room uh, are converted or baptized? Okay, that's good. About half, maybe 40%. Um, how many in this room would like to one day become a Christian? Okay. Pretty much, I think that was the rest of you, so all of you. Okay. Um, let's, pull, let's pull up the next question here, and I'll explain that. The question says, will the activities that I am involved in today encourage or discourage me from one day seeking God? Um, so for those of you who aren't Christians... This is another thing to keep in mind because you guys just told me that, you know, one day you would all like to become Christians. And um, the, the things that you're doing now will definitely have an impact on whether you will reach that goal or not. And I guess what I'd like to encourage you to do is any time, you know, as you analyze your life and as you think about your life, hopefully this form is, is making you think, but as you look at your life, you know, think about, okay, and you're, and you're choosing the activities that you're doing, think about, okay, am I, is this activity going to help me, or is it going to hinder me from reaching my goal of one day uh, becoming a Christian? And I don't know. Again, this, I, I kind of I have regrets because I wish that I would have done that more when I was a teenager or when I was younger because if you, if you really you know, come into every question or every decision that you have you know, when you're deciding what to do and how to fill your time and whatever it is, if you really ask yourself this question, I think it, it will shed a lot of light. There's, there's a lot of uh, wisdom in God's word that can show us how, we, how he wants us to live. We know, we know what's right. It's just a matter of actually doing it. And I would just encourage you that you look at your life right now and say, okay, the things that I'm doing is, am I on the path to seeking God or am I on a path that's away from God? And what do I need to change in my life to be going towards God and not away from him? So uh, right now, we'd like to move into a few biblical examples um, of those who uh, really demonstrate, of young people in the Bible who really demonstrated a lot of character and uh, are really good examples to us. Yeah. Um, Before we do so, I'd like everyone to take a look at their neighbor right now and see if he's sleeping or if she's sleeping. (laughs) Be be quiet, though. Shh. We don't want to wake them. Okay? Now, if they are sleeping... (laughs) Gently tap them on the shoulder, <laughs> or punch him, that works too. <laughs> and yeah, let's just kind of try to wake up. Okay, cool. So, moving on, biblical examples. No, sorry guys, we're boring, I know. Um, no, okay, biblical examples. Uh, it's actually pretty interesting because um, there are a lot of examples in the Bible of, of teenagers doing you know, hard things, kind of like that book that Ben was reading from. But, uh, but, I mean, you know, it's funny because 
we don't really think about them. They don't really come naturally. And we, when we think about, like, heroes of faith, we think about, like, Moses, you know, like, with his, like, beard down to the floor and, like, his staff. And we're like, man, like, to be, like, to be useful for God, like, I got to be old. I got to be, like, you know, like, like, dragging myself, like, through the desert, like, <laughs> doing stuff like that. You know, I can't, I can't be a young guy. I can't be a teenager doing something. And that's totally a lie. Um, so I have some stats here. Joseph, age 17. Uh, forced to live in Egypt against his will as he was betrayed and sold by his jealous brothers. He was falsely accused of raping Potiphar's wife and was thrown into prison. But yet he stood up for righteousness and was blessed by God later in his life with many blessings. So, 17-year-old guy. How many of you guys are 17? Put your hands up. Okay. Picture yourself being, first of all, betrayed by your own family, then sold into like a foreign country like Afghanistan or something, then, <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, and then, and then, and like, nothing was working out for this guy, and yet, he stood up for God, and he did great things, and he was used. Um, this might be a little humbling. David, age 12, a farm kid who played the harp and took care of, uh, took care of the sheep. He was short, thin, and knew nothing about fighting. David, fought Goliath, defeated Goliath, when every man in his army feared him went to become the new king of Israel and possibly one of the greatest, a man after God's own heart. Twelve years old, guys. Um, Daniel, we had a question? Uh, not exactly sure, actually. But he was anointed uh, as king when he was younger, but if you remember the story, he was running from King Saul for, I think it was about like 20 or 30 years, something like that. No, actually not that long. It was like 10 years. Can we call a friend? Anyone else know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I know he, he, wasn't, he wasn't 12 when he was a king. But, I mean, but all of the, he, he defeated the strongest person in their known world. And, uh, and, I mean, obviously those were skills that he was building on to become the, one of the greatest kings ever. Um, another one, Daniel, age 13 to 14. Um, his country was overrun by the enemy, and he was taken prisoner to Babylon. Even there, away from his home influences, he stood on his godly principles and eventually became a minister of the state. Guys, 13 to 14 years old. This guy, again, was, was taking capture. He was, he was you know, taken away. And, and you know, Ben um, can probably make some comments here, too. But, uh, you know, he was put in a lot of very difficult situations. And, um, and like, you know, he didn't, he didn't you know, yield to... To the temptation to just be like, forget it, man. Like, I'm, I'm a kid. Like, they just moved me from, like, my family to, like, this new country. I'm just going to adopt whatever anyone tells me what to do. I'm going to just try to fit in. Like, no, like, he was bold. He was, like, he was, you know, <laughs> amazing, actually. Like, I'm humbled just at the fact of thinking, I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> I'm, like, turning 21 in uh, a month here, and, and I don't know if I would do that. And this guy was 13 years old. So, something to think about. Um, I think it's, it's cool when you see these guys, really how they stood up for God, uh, even though they were in like, pretty difficult situations. I think none of us in this room have really gone through what these guys did. Like, just looking at the life of Joseph, like, he went just from like, bad to worse. Like, every situation, like his brothers selling him into slavery and then going to Egypt, and then he seemed to do well for a bit, and then boom, he was like, thrown in prison, like, accused falsely, and just everything like, seemed to go wrong. But through all of that, they trusted God, and I, I really, do, I don't believe that it was through their own strength. I think it was through the strength of, that God gave them uh, to do what was right and to commit themselves to doing what was right. It says, uh, I think in Daniel, uh, when, they, when they tried to offer him the king's meat and something that Daniel knew wasn't right, he said, you know, how can I defile myself with the king's meat? <clears throat> and it says that he purposed in his heart that he wouldn't do that. And he trusted in God that God would give him the strength to do what's right. And he did what's right. And I think we need to do the same thing. As young people, we need to purpose in our heart that we're going to do what's right, that we're not going to, you know, just stay with the low standard of society, but really to rise above and to actually do what's right. Because you look at Daniel, you know, he was, he was captured with all of his, like, peers. Like, there was a whole bunch of guys from Israel that were taken and that they were brought to uh, Babylon, I think it was, and, you know, a lot of his friends, except for three of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all of them, you know, just did whatever. They didn't follow what they knew was right. 
But Daniel and his friends purposed in their heart that they would do what was right. And they didn't, you know, just go along with what the, their peers were doing. Um, so now, like, let's, let's keep talking about this. What does, what does God want from us? Because, you know, these are, like, examples that we can get encouragement from. But really, ultimately, it comes back to us. And uh, what does God say? Like, who, who are we? Are we the teenager that, you know, society paints us as? Or can we be something different? And what does the Bible say we are? So, um, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, uh, Jesus uh, talks a little bit about who we are as his people. He says that you are the salt of the earth. And I'd like to pull that. Actually, do I have my Bible? Can we turn to Matthew 5? Yeah, he says that you're the salt of the earth, and he also says that you're the light of the world. Brad, do you mind, do you mind reading that? Matthew chapter 5. I think it's... You guys can turn there, too, if you want to follow along. It says uh, in verse 13, it starts out, You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it gives light unto all that are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We, as, as young people, you know, <laughs> you guys can stand out. You have the opportunity to be that light, to be the salt, to add flavor, to be something different than, you know, what society, you know, holds you to. And it's, it's cool because it seems like <laughs> as society goes down, like, it's actually getting, like, easier. Like, it's, like, to be a teenager is, like, the easiest thing in the world because you really don't have to do anything. Like, <laughs> and, like, to, to rise above that and to be a light is, as, as, the dar- as the darkness comes in and as things get darker around us, it's easier and our light can shine brighter. So um, I just want to encourage you guys that you would you know, remember that you are the salt of the earth, that you are the light of the world, and let your light shine. And just, like, to build on that point, like, you guys are um, the individual pieces of God's kingdom inside of your high schools, inside of your workplaces. And um, I don't know, like, how many of you are Christians. We kind of did the poll, but I can't really, I didn't really (laughs) pay attention that much to, to add the actual number, but... Pretty much like you guys are representing Christ in your schools and in your workplaces. And um, let's be the salt, you know, let's, let's be that, like, those teens that are different. Like, let's, let's be the teens that have expectations up here and not down here, you know, because um, that's A, what God wants. And, and actually, it is in your best interest because, um, you know, you will live a fulfilling life. Like Jesus said, you will have life more abundant. And, um, you know, these these practices and this mentality um, will go very far. It will, it, will, it will make you a successful person. It will make um, your life fulfilling, and ultimately um, you will be rewarded with eternal life because of it. And it starts now. It starts today. It doesn't start, you know, when you're like 21. Okay, now I'm an adult. I'm 20. Okay, now this starts. Now I've got to be serious. Like what Ben was saying about studying, like if you're not serious now, guys, and, and I'm not saying like to be like, you know, like boring and like old and... <laughs> That's that. I'm, I'm saying, like, if your mentality is not focused on what matters now, it's never going to be focused on that. So you need to start now. You need to start thinking like that now. And remember that we are the salt. We're the difference. And you can make a difference. Okay, so... Uh, okay, yeah, so pretty much... Um, we kind of gave you guys a lot of theory, I guess. I don't even know if that's what you want to call it, but... Um, Pretty much, we're wondering what you guys think. We want to get some discussion flowing here. We're going to kind of cruise up and down the, uh, the two, the two uh, stairs here and, uh, and just kind of get a discussion going. Like, like, what do you guys think? Like, what are some differences that you can make like, or comments on this topic? Um, or even things in your life that, you know, have been uh, just like that you found to be worthwhile and to be meaningful and that you could maybe encourage each other to uh, get involved in. Yeah, like with experiences. Yeah. So... Uh, do we have any brave souls that want to kick it off? All right, there we go. Um, so I think, um, 
Do you want, should we bring her to the mic? Yeah, let's bring the mic because it'll make things. Pardon? Yeah, okay. Does that, okay. <laughs> Go for it. Um, in school, like everyone was talking, we were having discussion in class and um, they noticed that I was different or whatever and they're like, oh, you know, I was telling them I don't have like TV or whatever and they're like, what do you do? Like, what do you do in your spare time? Like, what do you, you know, they're so amazed. They're like, you know, they're so in, like incredibly shocked that I don't like watch TV or whatever. Like, not that I don't, but um, but like my dad didn't want us to have a TV and like ever, everyone's like so shocked that that's something that everyone does and just cause like I didn't, they're like, wow, you know, it's, you're so weird, whatever. But it's, I told them, I'm like, there's so much more to do. Like, you know, as far as you can go, go out, hang out or whatever. You don't always need to be distracted by watching TV. That's not, that's not gonna profit you anything. You know, why watch someone live your life when you can be living it yourself? And yes. Oh man, that's awesome. Uh, do we have any other ones? Okay, so they were saying how like um, video games can take away so much time and you lose social skills. Here's an example. I went to my friend's house the other day and uh, like always he's playing Halo and Modern Warfare 2 for eight hours straight. And I said, well, uh, where are your parents? Because his parents weren't home. Oh, my dad's going to look for me a job. <laughs> and I was like, Ty, why don't you, Ty, his name's Tyrone, why don't you go look for yourself a job? Oh, because like, I, he knows how to talk to people better than I do. And I was like, well, go figure. You sit in here all day. So that's my story. <laughs> all right, so video games do not encourage social skills. <laughs> We've established that in most cases. I just wanted to say, like, um, w like what Ben was saying, I think is really key. How like it's kind of like, like he was saying with his friends who said, like, you know, grade twelve, they're gonna start taking it seriously. It's like you can't really. It's like almost impossible to just like turn it on like that. You really have to kind of like make an effort, like uh, each day, like basically starting now. Like you can't just be like, oh, you know, five years down the road, I'm just gonna, you know, start living this way. It's like a conscious de decision every day, so it starts now. It's very true. Do we have any other ones? All right. I know one thing that I've done for a couple of years, more as an example in school, is that, like, whenever I hear someone cuss, you know, I'll try to call them out and stuff, and yeah, more, of, more of an example, but, I mean, I've done this for a couple of years, and people have started learning uh, to respect that. And, like, if I'm around, I mean, people that I know cuss a lot, I might not hear them cuss at all. Or if they do, they might even turn around and apologize. So that's just something they do. I do to get them thinking about their actions and stuff. But it's a simple little thing that it's become pretty effective. That's awesome. Thank you. Do we have any other ones? Here somewhere? Oh, Holly? Okay. Okay, so um, at my school, uh, we have like a fast forward program, so it's like special ed or whatevs. And there's a lot of kids, I really hate when people say the word retarded. And like, that's so retarded. And I'm like, really? Is it mentally disabled? Like, really? And, you know, that's so gay. Well, is it homosexual? Like, is that really something that we should be promoting? You know, like, and it's something like, you know, we're so bored, you know, we can't, we have nothing to do, it's so gay. Like, really, do we have nothing better with our time or our speech to be disrespectful of people that either need help or need our love? Like, what are we doing? That's a good point. Uh, just even just the way we talk, I think as as teenagers, and I think I struggle with this. I don't know. Ben probably does too. Just um, like the way we, the way we say things. Ben's like, no, I don't. Just you. <laughs> but uh, but it's like the way that we talk, right? Like we like you know we say things that we don't really mean. Like you know like saying like wow that's gay or this is gay. Like that's really not the right term. 
We have another one. Uh, Brandon, okay. All right, so this goes back to in our church. Um, not everything goes at school, right? But uh, sometimes you don't like things that go around in your church, and sometimes you think things are so boring. And instead of just complaining about it, like, oh, my gosh, why do we don't have praise or worship at our church, and why does everyone have different views on things? Why don't you try to get off the, like, why don't you just get off your butt and try to do something about it? And um, I found that myself. I got into a music program with my uh, fr friends in church, and we started praise and worship on Saturdays after CFG. And instead of saying, you know what, I don't like CFG, you know, it gave me, um, uh, it gave me, like, a uh, choice or, like, uh, what is that word? I got a brain fart right now. Oh. Yeah, kind of. Like, instead of just saying that I don't have anything to do at CFG, I, yeah, an excuse, that's it. I don't have an excuse to say I don't want to go to CFG because it sucks, but you know what? I'm part of something right now in church, so it makes me stay focused and stay committed to Christ. So if you guys are saying something is boring, and try, to, try to get involved or something, and that's what helped me go along. And um, now, you, now praise and worship in our church is getting bigger, and it's more fun, you know? It's not boring as, any, uh, as much anymore, and uh, I just encourage, you know, just get involved a little bit. That's good. Uh, like, just taking the action into your own hands, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of, we could just complain, but how many people actually do? That's, that's a good point. Do you have any other comments? Where? Over there? Okay. There's a girl, and I saw Dylan put his hand up, too. Oh, he's just stretching. Blinded. <laughs> Dylan just woke up, everyone. Say good morning, Dylan. <laughs> okay, uh, who had their hand up over here? Okay. Um, I want to reiterate the point that um, Ben said earlier about his friends in school and how they weren't worried about their future. Um, I'm 20 years old right now, and I'm going to be um, graduating university in a year and a half, not just high school. Um, and it's really important to like know where you are in your life and um, start planning not just with your own um, information but with help from God as well. Um, you really need to act your age and I mean you guys are teenagers now in a couple years you're gonna be 20 and when you're 20 I mean I had like a life shock when I turned 20 years old I said I'm not a teenager anymore I'm an adult like you really need to start thinking about what you're gonna do with your life and where you wanna be when you're like 30 or 40. Are you gonna have a family? Where are you gonna be in the church? Where are you gonna be in this world? It's really important to start thinking about like how old you are now and what's gonna happen in the future. Thank you, it's very true. Do we have any other comments or questions? All right, uh, what time are we supposed to end at, Ben? Or soon, a couple minutes? Yeah. Soon. Okay. All right. So everyone who commented, thank you. Those are good testimonies and concerns. Do you want to finish up? Do you want to let's just wrap it up with this verse? Actually, don't don't worry. Don't do the extra. Don't we, only have, we only have five minutes. Yeah. So I guess just to wrap this up, guys. Um, this verse again, really, I think this verse stuck out to Brad and I the most. It's what Jesus Christ said. He says, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. God wants us to have, Jesus wants us to have a fulfilling and an abundant life. And he has plans for us. He has so much in store for us. And uh, it's only through him, through Christ, that we really have this opportunity to live an abundant life. Because, you know what, you can go through this life and you can do, you know, what, what culture and what society says, you know, live selfishly. You know, even though you look at a lot of people, you know, that's, that's a huge thing for teenagers. Society is saying just, it's all about you. And people don't stop when they turn 20. Okay, now, you know, it's not about me anymore. It's about other people. No, they live their whole life that way. They live for themselves. It's all about me. It's all about what I can get out of this life. And it's very temporal. And what, what God is saying and what Christ is saying is that I want you to have a life that's an abundant life. And it's not about you. It's about me. And it's about others. And I just want to encourage you, especially for those who don't know Christ, that the most important thing that you can do right now is to seek him. He wants to give you an abundant life. He wants to give you a full life. He wants to give you the best life that you can have. 
And uh, I would just encourage you all to seek him first, uh, and everything else will be added to you. And Brad, yeah. Uh, and just, I guess, one more comment. That was perfect for a conclusion. But um, I guess I just wanted to make a comment to, to the guys out there especially. Uh, ben and I, you know, are only a couple years older than you. And I think together, and actually the girls, everyone, um, we're, we're co-laboring uh, in this church. We're going to be the future of this church, right? Like this room right here, guys, in like 20 years is going to be like the leaders. We're going to have, you know, the, the, the choir leaders, the ministers, you know, maybe the elders. I, I don't know. Um, but the point is we're going to have the future leaders, um, and a lot of them are in this room right now. And the reason that, like, when we got asked to do this topic, like, that it was, like, so, I guess, um, I don't know, it was, like, on our heart is because, is because, you know, these things matter. Like, like what you do now obviously echoes into eternity. And, um, you know, as, as a church, guys, especially guys, we need you guys to step up. Boys, we need you guys to step up and actually be men you know, stop, you know, <laughs> doing what you want to do in a lot of cases and, and start taking on roles, start, you know, jumping into positions. I mean, you know, something like that, that counselor thing and, and having a hard time finding counselors. Like, guys, we need you guys to, like, really, like, you know, try to, like, um, help out in everything. Like, you know, take on a, take on a forum, take on a, a Bible class, do something at camp. Just please try to, like, help out and to, uh, and to you know, eventually um, build up our church because, like, this is our future, and girls, too. We definitely need you guys to, uh, to take on roles, too, and really help us out. So together, uh, let's, let's make a difference, and, um, and let's try to build up our church and live an abundant life. Anything else? Okay. Thanks, guys.